0: I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, Episode 37. Welcome to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Season 6 is all about plans, school plans, organization plans and how to use those plans to keep you convivial instead of frustrated. That's right, your attitude matters more than the plan itself. But that doesn't mean a good plan won't make a significant difference. If you're getting ready for homeschool planning, or you feel like you're missing something in your plans, I highly recommend Plan Your Year by Pam Burnhill. When you purchase Plan Your Year, you not only get planning forms, the best step-by-step guide out there, and a Facebook support group, you also get several bonus audio sessions, one of which is an hour-long conversation Pam and myself had on overcoming obstacles in our homeschool days. For podcast listeners only, use the discount code CONVIDIAL for 20% off Plan Your Year at planyouryear.net. How to lesson plan so you're never behind. Some homeschool moms, maybe those with school teacher backgrounds, have elaborate homeschool lesson plans. Full sheets of papers, full of ideas, notes, references, activities, and objectives. Many homeschool moms have no lesson plans at all. I've never been in that first category, but more often find myself in the second. Even though I love planning, lesson plans seemed more like a waste of time than anything else. Learning, at least in our homeschool, is more about reading the material and then interacting with it in some way. Do the equation, narrate the story, copy a sentence, write a summary, draw a picture. Who needs a lesson plan for that? Turns out, I do. The truth is that a plan does make a thing more likely to happen. When I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do next... I'm much more likely to choose nothing instead of figuring it out. Or I figure it out on the fly and sometimes that works and sometimes it means that I totally flub it. Plus, when I'm winging it, the lesson takes more time. Short lessons can still be meaty when and if they are planned. But homeschool lesson plans are hard. Lesson planning can be one of the most frustrating parts of homeschooling. It's one thing to make a perfectly laid out plan, to invest your heart and soul into how your homeschool will go, and then quite another to work that plan. The reality is always different from the dream. So it takes dedication and perseverance to continue instead of giving up. Our days never go like we plan, so what's the use of planning? We need to make plans that allow for real life, that aren't broken when the washing machine breaks, and that don't fall apart when the toddler falls apart. It's actually possible. It just takes thinking about it in a different way. Homeschool lesson plans as lists. Rather than creating elaborate, information-loaded plans with dates and page numbers and everything all coordinated just right, simplify Create lesson plans that are simply lists. When you sit down to do a lesson, do the next lesson and mark it off. Even better, each line item on your list can represent about 10 minutes or so. Enough time to do something significant, but also easy enough to keep going if you have the time and inclination. No dates, no elaborate pre-made coordinated lessons, just the next thing to do in each subject. You can make plans like this in a spreadsheet in a spiral notebook, in a word processor, in Evernote, anywhere. They require no special supplies or tools. You can keep them however you like, in whatever way works for you. Examples of my homeschool lesson plans. I have kept these kind of lesson plans in either Evernote or in spreadsheets, depending on how I'm planning that year. You can see samples of my Evernote plan in the post for this episode, and then you'll see how this sort of lesson plan can be created and maintained in any format. Here's my lesson plan for Halliburton's Book of Marvels, our geography read aloud last year. You can see that I noted each chapter and included a link with a photo or two. I was reading aloud to six kids, and holding up the book with the grainy black and white old photographs wasn't going to cut it. I wanted them to see in full color these locations. I could have ad-libbed it, but because the photo link was already found, already pre-screened, and right there for me, it actually happened. I opened the geography lesson plan in my iPad, clicked the link, the kids passed around the iPad taking turns looking at the photos while I read. Because it was laid out and simple, it happened. P.S. You can send me an email if you'd like a copy of this Evernote note. I'll share it with you, and it'll show up in your Evernote work chat where you can duplicate it into your own collection for editing. I also share here my plans for this year's botany study. We are reading the Apologia book, narrating, and drawing. None of the activities or projects except maybe sprouting some bean seeds. So as I flipped through the book and made notes as to what was a reasonable amount to read in our short lesson sitting, I also noted where would be appropriate places to illustrate our lesson, and what would that illustration be? A diagram from the book? collected leaves from a yard, bean pods from the grocery store. Plotting out the whole book and interspersing related drawing assignments did not take long, and it ensured that the lesson plan was simply open and go. It was ready. Homeschool lesson plans need to be open and go. They need to require no extra brain power from us. Easy peasy, and it took me one to two hours per subject to put together a lesson plan for the entire year that can then be reused for future children as well. Using homeschool lesson plans in real days. Besides the lesson list, a procedure list is also super helpful. What does a lesson time look like? I like to start with a song, chant, or memory work. Then we read, then we narrate or discuss or draw or write. Having a basic routine also makes it easier to fall into the habit of doing the lesson and making them complete. When the list of what goes into a lesson is right at the top of my note and in front of my face, I have no excuse for forgetting or skipping it, especially if the link to the song is right there or the memory work pages are right in the book. The bottom line is, Prepare beforehand so that you don't have to think or make decisions on the fly under pressure in the moment. You can adjust on the fly if needed, but if you don't even know what you should be doing, you probably won't make a good judgment call. Plans are tools, not masters, but they are very useful tools when done in a way that fits homeschool life rather than structured, interruptionless classrooms. And now it's time for this season's Clever Curriculum Connection, Latin. Now, Latin has been hit or miss, quite honestly, in our average days over the years. Too often, Latin is what gets bumped when life goes awry. With a DVD and workbook, it would be easy to have my boys simply go through the motions of progress of Latin on their own. They can watch a video, I can assign workbook pages, and that could be all. But that would really just be a waste of everyone's time. No language is going to be learned that way. It's all going to go in one ear and out the other and never stick, especially if we're talking about 8, 9, 10-year-olds. So rather than simply move through the curriculum so we can stay on schedule and cover a book in a year, we've taken the next step as we can and tried to master the lesson before moving on. This means a slower pace, especially since Latin might only happen twice a week instead of every day. But I'm okay with slow progress, especially if not finishing a book in a year means we're actually gaining the ground that we're covering. So it has taken us about two years per level in Latin for Children, which is written as a year-long curriculum. That's okay. Some Latin is better than none, and learned Latin is better than skimmed Latin. I've been less apt to ditch Latin when feeling the squeeze the last couple years, choosing to prioritize it instead of other things. Also, now I'm sleeping through the night and don't have a baby, which means that fewer lessons get skipped overall than used to happen. Perhaps when my fourth, fifth child starts learning Latin, we'll actually be able to do a level in a year. Perhaps they will teach it to their children and so actually get to the point of reading Latin. Maybe my grandchildren will be able to teach my great-grandchildren Latin through speaking it. Taking the long view helps ease the pressure of finishing up the book. This is a generational journey, educational recovery, not simply a school year journey. I'm planting seeds, and I don't know what fruit will be reaped in 10, 20, 30 years. I'm content to be planting little seeds, watering them as best I can, even while wishing I were the harvester of ripe crops. But that's not my place in the story. So we do what we can, even if it means only parsing and translating two Latin sentences, because even that stretches them. Learning to read Latin might be an important classical aim, but even if we never do, learning Latin will have made us better people. Find my Latin translation practice pages for free at simplyconvivial.com audio and choose season six. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating or review in iTunes or Stitcher, and you can also hit the share button and share it on Facebook at simplyconvivial.com audio. You can find all the seasons, the full episode list, and sign up to get an email whenever a new one comes out. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.